You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of June 2nd, 2019. The podcast that hit cruise control and rubbed its eyes. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's insepulchre the news of the bogus. This isn't quite as bad as it sounds, but the overall lesson is important. Google has apparently been storing the passwords of an undisclosed number of users completely unencrypted for 14 years. These were passwords in a domain administrator's tool to reset passwords in Google's G Suite Enterprise product. So it's not something that affects the everyday user. Even people using the free consumer version of G Suite weren't affected. It wasn't even all enterprise users, only ones whose administrator used a special tool to reset passwords. And the unencrypted passwords were stored completely internally so it wasn't accessible to hackers. Google discovered the problem on their own while troubleshooting a new version. No harm came from it, and the problem has been fixed. We've seen this kind of thing before, such as last month when it was revealed that Facebook had accidentally stored the unencrypted passwords of millions of Instagram users. Now, the point here isn't to rag on Google. Google is like the most tech-savvy company out there. They're a root certificate provider, and they've been on the leading edge of developing things like the HSTS protocol, which really helps secure the web. And they know how to secure passwords, by hashing and salting, and even by two-factor authentication. In fact, Google Authenticator is one of the leading two-factor authentication apps. They really understand security, and they still make mistakes like this. The lesson here is that no one, not even Google, can be trusted to keep your secrets and get it right 100% of the time. So anytime some politician or such goes on and on about how we need key escrow or some other kind of backdoor that lets the government in, understand it's not just that there's a danger, a possibility that a hacker or someone might be able to grab your secrets. It's that sooner or later, it will happen. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. That's why we need zero-knowledge solutions where no one else, not a corporation, not a government, no one can read your data except you. Ads are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit. And so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency with no middleman taking a cut. 
Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. So you remember Brexit? Three years ago, Brits voted to leave the European Union, which the EU rules let them do two years after the vote. Three years later, Brexit still hasn't happened. Prime Minister Theresa May was elected basically on a mandate for delivering Brexit and nothing else, and she was completely unable to do so, muddling the whole thing up in side deals which basically assured that no one would vote for it. So she resigned as Prime Minister ahead of the UK's elections for European Parliament. Six weeks before the election, Nigel Farage, former lead figure in UKIP, came out of retirement to start the Brexit Party, a party with a single mandate of making Brexit happen, unencumbered by any other issues such as trade or immigration, which was used by many Remainers to attack UKIP on the subject. This new Brexit Party won a plurality of votes, taking 31.6 of the vote and 29 of the 73 available seats. In fact, both of the main parties, the Conservative and Labour parties, lost a lot of ground in the election. Labour came in third behind the Liberal Democrats, who got 20.3%, and the Conservative Party came in fifth behind, of all people, the Green Party. 44% of voters backed parties that were behind Brexit, while 40% supported Remain parties. It's difficult to say exactly how many supported Brexit because most parties are multi-issue, but in the case of the Brexit party, that was the sole issue. So this strongly indicates that the will of the voters is to Brexit and Brexit now. Most of the remaining votes were Labour's 14.1% of the vote, but nobody knows how to count them since it's never been clear where the Labour party stood on Brexit. The voters seriously punished the Conservative Party, giving them only 9.1% and causing them to lose 15 of the 19 EU Parliament seats they won in 2014. There isn't much doubt as to the reason. Their polling numbers plummeted in March when it became clear they weren't going to deliver Brexit during the negotiated time period. May delayed the exit until October, and that decision backfired. The Conservatives were worried that Brexiting without a deal being struck would trash the party's reputation, but this vote makes it pretty clear that not delivering Brexit at all is the thing that trashed it. The UK still needs to select a replacement Prime Minister. It seems that the British voting public has made one thing clear. Whoever this new PM is, he or she needs to be a hard Brexiter. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. 
Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality Internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. Alabama actually just did an amazing thing, something that pretty much only libertarians have been calling for. They're getting rid of marriage licenses. The bill, which has passed the Alabama House and Senate and is awaiting the signature of Governor Kay Ivey to become law, removes all requirements for a license and a wedding ceremony, requiring only that the couple file a certificate. The bill came in response to problems of bigoted probate judges refusing to sign licenses for same-sex couples. The current law doesn't require them to issue marriage licenses. In fact, there were entire marriage license divisions that closed down, forcing couples, both gay and straight, to drive to a separate county to get their license. The new law only requires marriage forms and affidavits to be filed at the probate office. Probate judges would be required by law to accept and record all official marriage documents. Hopefully this is the start of a trend. Government should have no business interfering in marriage one way or the other, and couples wanting to be married should in no way be held hostage by the whims of individual judges. Just as a historical reminder, there was no licensing requirement for marriage at the founding of this country. George Washington didn't have a license when he married Martha. Licensing requirements actually have a racist history as they were made to stop blacks and whites from being married to one another. Now, in one state at least, they're being eliminated as a blow against bigotry and intolerance. You don't need a license to move in together. You don't need a license to have a kid. You don't need a license to share a large popcorn while watching Avengers Endgame. Why on earth would you need a license to get married? We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to excoriate this week's biggest bogan emitter. And this week it goes to Nancy Pelosi for more ridiculousness surrounding Russian election meddling. I've always liked how posting true information about a candidate is considered election meddling, but whatever. So Facebook got dragged into the mire when the Russia-based Internet Research Agency bought 3,500 ads on the site, 
which included non-political ads about Pokemon, so I really have no idea what that group's all about. But some of them supported Donald Trump and or opposed Hillary Clinton. Also gotta love how buying ads to express an opinion is election meddling as well, but again, whatever. How any of this was Facebook's fault, I have no idea, but now Pelosi has them in her sights again. A doctored video has surfaced of Pelosi being slowed down and speed varied to make it sound like she was drunk and slurring her speech. So, as someone with absolutely no sense of humor whatsoever, she started screeching like a drag racer's tires. Pelosi said, quote, They are putting up something that they know is false. I think it's wrong. Facebook is lying to the public. I think they have proven by not taking down something they know is false that they were willing enablers of the Russian interference in our election. So, let me get this straight. Someone else puts up a parody video of Pelosi and that means that Facebook colluded with Russia. Is it just me, or does this crazy conspiracy theory get even stupider as time goes on? Of course, we've covered how much Pelosi hates Section 230, which is the law that says that websites aren't responsible for content posted by their users. You know, the very thing that made the web great to begin with. But as for this video, what exactly is she wanting Facebook to do? As David Kay, law professor at the University of California, Irvine, wrote on Twitter, quote, Homework assignment. Draft the rule that prohibits Dr. Pelosi video, but protects satire, political speech, dissent, humor, etc. Not so easy, is it? EFF Director of International Freedom of Expression, Jillian York, was a bit more snarky, quote, For those of you who think disinformation should be censored, please tell me where you stand on organized religion, because if any disinformation has demonstrably harmed millions, it's that. Not only is there no real way to tell something like the Pelosi video from any other kind of satire or parody, that vagueness is exactly what makes this so dangerous. Historically, anything that started off as simple checks on free speech have turned into outright censorship, even book burnings and the arrest of authors, singers, and others. But that isn't even the most ridiculous part. The stupidest part is that the version of the video Pelosi is complaining about wasn't even posted to Facebook. It was posted to Fox News. How is Facebook responsible for something posted on a completely different website? For that matter, why isn't she going against Fox News? Maybe because, as a news company, that would make her hatred of the First Amendment a little too obvious? As for the version put on Facebook, well, Facebook did take action to label the clip as a video that had been doctored. When Pelosi says they're deliberately spreading misinformation, she is lying. So if Pelosi is the one deliberately spreading misinformation, why shouldn't she be silenced according to her own arguments? And by the way, Pelosi, what about the video shown on Jimmy Kimmel where Donald Trump is slowed down to make him appear drunk? Or is it only a problem when someone does it to you? So all of that makes Nancy Pelosi this week's biggest bogani emitter. Do you have children, or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling, or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? 
If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now let's sweep the leg of this week's And this week it goes to India, whose majority party, the nationalist BJP, is wanting to push through, guess what, a ban on cryptocurrencies. Back in April, we covered multiple protests throughout India to protest the ban of cryptocurrency exchanges by the Reserve Bank of India. Despite their prohibition, about 5 million Indians still continue to deal in $1 billion worth of crypto. Now the BJP have been circulating the Banning of Cryptocurrencies and Regulation of Official Digital Currencies Bill 2019 among various ministries, departments, and boards supposedly to address issues of fraud and money laundering. Of course, fiat has never been able to put a stop to fraud and money laundering, but never mind. According to committee minutes released by the Economic Times of India, quote, Department of Revenue may immediately issue a notification under the Prevention of Money Laundering Act to completely ban the sale, purchase, and issuance of all forms and types of cryptocurrency. All exchanges dealing with crypto should be immediately shut down. Yeah, good luck with that, guys. India has crypto exchanges, but they're already required to follow regulations such as Know Your Customer Compliance and the keeping of transaction logs, so there's no need to shut them down to prevent fraud or money laundering. It's just an excuse. Now this story is about more than making fun of a goofball government who thinks they can criminalize math. India is a country where a third of the population still languish in poverty. The World Bank says they're one of the poorest in the world. Although they've made a lot of improvements in recent years, India still relies on foreign charities to help its needy citizens. There are a lot of cryptocurrency-based charities to help people around the world, including some that focus on India. Fiat money is very bad here. A dollar donated in the U.S. can take months to make its way to India and be converted into rupees, and over half its value can be lost due to various transaction fees along the way. But a crypto charity can get the money almost instantly. All they need is an exchange to convert the crypto into rupees once they have it. The BJP is wanting to cut that off by not letting Indian charities receive cryptocurrencies and convert them into rupees. It also prevents Indians from pulling themselves out of poverty. The World Bank says that the best way to pull Indians out of poverty is to let them create their own business, and cryptocurrency makes it easy for Indians to do so and do business both locally and worldwide. It also allows family members to get jobs abroad and use crypto to send remittances back home. Again, the BJP is wanting to cut off these actions completely. There is no way this ban is good for Indians. The only thing such a ban would accomplish is to keep Indians poor and turn many law-abiding Indians into criminals. Well, 
that and make India this week's Idiot Well, that wraps up this zigzag our way through the boredom and pain edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come to discord.bogosity.tv where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or a rant. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please go to donate.bogosity.tv where you can give using PayPal or crypto or subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar to get the podcast and YouTube videos early and ad-free. You can even support this podcast for free with the airtime extension. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Jared Polis. I think the concept of digital currencies is here to stay, and the fact that a politician would write to try to ban them in their infancy is just the wrong way to go about it. Let the market determine whether there's any value there or not. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial and Derivatives 4.0 International License. You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv, your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now.